Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Laura Poberin. Laura and I connected on social media. Gotta love that tool. She is another fellow Canadian and she shares her story here. I don't know how we haven't been connected before this because we have just a lot of very similar philosophies. So Laura is a mentor. She works with a lot of nutrition coaches and she shares her story of coming from the space of wanting to build the big facility, then actually creating it and then being in a space of not being fulfilled and happy from there to living this incredible nomadic life that left her stranded on the other side of the world during the first stages of COVID and getting herself back home. She openly shares the lessons that she learned on this journey and how she is more grounded now and more fired up now in order to step into what she's creating. And that is actually a certification program for coaches called Trigger Mapping. And we talked a lot about triggers and absolutely love that. We had so many wonderful conversations during this podcast. And yes, a lot of laughs. I know you're going to love it. You're going to have so many good takeaways. Sit back and enjoy this talk. Welcome to the show today, Laura. Thank you so much. I'm psyched to be here. This is the power of social media and how we can connect with people <gasps> podcasting through platforms, right? Mm. We just having a conversation before we even get started. Fellow Canadian, which I absolutely love. So where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, born and raised. Born and raised. Mm, yes. What is your temperature there today? Oh, it's actually, it's about 20, but so windy and so gloomy. So it feels way colder. As oh, you, I'm um, sure you're aware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, we are 35. Oh, wow. Same right now. It's an absolute insane heat wave. <gasps> no so happening. Two weeks ago, today we had snow because you know oh how that can yeah. work. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No? right on. Yeah. So, anyways, um, oh, so are funny. you a reader? Mm, yeah, I love to read. I'm a big audible fan. I love listening to the audiobooks. Yeah. I'm listening to a great one right now. It's called Can't Hurt Me. Have you oh, heard of that one? Yes. So good. Yes. So good. Oh my God. I yes. jam with that when I'm working um, out and it pumps me up. <laughs> the author, the author, um, I can see it. Um, uh, I listened to it last year. Mine was last year. And when I listened to it, um, I couldn't stop. I was just so, so you're, good. you're blown away by a story. Like, oh my God. Blown away by a story. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's such a fitting book for this podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Would you say, let me just talk about Audible for a second or, or whatever book. What has been the most impactful book that you've read? Do you know what? Um, that's a hard question. I consume books like crazy. I would say in the last year, if we're talking, a book by Gabby Bernstein, Gabrielle Bernstein, um, The Universe Has Your Back. Oh, that's a great book. Such a, yeah, such a good book. I was just feel in this like really spiritually lost place, I think. And that really brought me back to my purpose and, and what feels good for me. So that was a really a big one for me in the last year, for sure. That's awesome. Gabby's mm -hmm. been a big part of my own growth and like in probably one of the very first spiritual type um, books that I listened to, I'm going to say probably I don't know, seven or eight years ago, but the universe has your back, especially mm -hmm. on Audible because I love her voice. Me too. It's, so soothing. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Do you have a quote or a mantra or something that you live by? Oh my God. I feel like I should have prepared for this. <laughs> People don't. 
Like mine are, we're having just fun with our conversation, but I prefer when people don't because it's like whatever comes to your brain is the right answer. Totally. But I'm like, oh my God, I'm so interesting. I feel like I don't, but I must. Um, a quote or something that I live by. I think coming out of the last 12 months, learning to trust myself has been like a mantra that I've really sunk in my teeth into and really tried to live by. And I'll explain why more as we dig into all of that. But trusting yourself is a very important part of my journey at the current moment. So I would say that. I love it. I love it. How about mentor? Who has been a mentor who's impacted your life in some way, shape or form? Um... I'm going to just saying Tony Robbins, totally cliche. <laughs> yeah, I'd say him. Um, just the way that he carries himself, the energy he brings, and the work that he does is so powerful in my eyes. And I, I like to feel like I'm pulling inspiration from him a lot of the time. So I'd say him. I love that. I love that. What, last question before we get into your story, what lights you up? Like what drives you? feeling like I can lead other coaches to pull the magic out of them that they didn't even know was there. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that's because you've lived a lot of that path, right? Oh gosh. Yes. Yeah. I kept my magic hidden for so long and only just recently allowed it to truly come out. So yep, that's exactly what it is. Totally. Mm -hmm. So awesome. So you have been living nomadically. Explain Mm. what nomadically means. Okay. I have, well, about a year ago, we packed up our life here in Edmonton into a 10 by 10 steel storage unit box and packed a suitcase and hit the road. We, we've lived in three hot places, shocker from Canada. They had to be hot, right? (laughs) No, no, no. Let me just for a second here. My husband will plan these vacations, not now because we're in the middle of COVID, but he'll talk about it. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. We don't go somewhere colder. No, that is not the point. No. So I get hotter. I get it. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So we've lived in Arizona. Um, we lived in Mexico for six months. And then most recently we were in Bali and uh, had to cut that trip short to come home because of everything. <laughs> yeah. So did you just come home in February or March? From mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I was there when I booked this podcast with you, actually. I was going to get up at like, I don't know, 1 a.m. to do this episode with you. Oh, yeah. We were scheduled. It's all good. We're here. Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> So you, were you, how long were you planning on staying in Bali then? We booked a one-way, we booked a one-way ticket. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We were going to travel to Vietnam and Thailand and like the Philippines. We're going to like bomb around there for three to six months. And we were there for three weeks and we actually contemplated staying through all of this, but you know, it felt like we were watching everything unfold. Like it was happening in a fishbowl and we were just on the outside sitting right the way that Canada and the U S were reacting. I'm like, what's the big deal? It's normal here. Like everybody's Zen. Nobody like it was totally fine. And then overnight, everything changed. Like shops started closing and there was just panic in the, in the locals. And I'm like, okay, we got to go. This is like my guts telling me to get out. We got to get out. So we did. And I can tell that that story was wild girl. Like, oh my God, getting out of Bali during that time was insane and so expensive. I'm happy to dig into that story if you want me to, but it was just we almost got trapped in Hong Kong. <laughs> we almost didn't well, make it home. It would have been one of the worst places to go through. Oh I mean, my God. I'm home from Bali, but that was, um, I mean, that was like one of the first places to say like no travel through there because, yeah. oh my gosh. So when it was did wild. we come home? When did we come home? Yeah. We've been home for six weeks. Okay. So six yeah. weeks, I don't even know the day here. So I guess, so, oh, so middle of April. Yeah. I oh, guess if we're, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That must've been quite the experience. I can't even imagine. It was um, scary for sure. Like borders were closing all around us and we just had so limited options. There were flight tickets home for like 10 grand a person. 
See, I just, this really bothers me because I know it just really, really bothers me when, when that stuff happens because you're hearing people trapped everywhere and yeah, that's just, that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And until you're like, we were trapped over there and we, we were actually stuck in Hong Kong, not able to enter Hong Kong, not able to go back to Indonesia and they legally weren't allowed allowing us to board our flight back to Canada because the borders had closed. So we were like in the airport. I felt like a prisoner of war or something. I don't know. But we weren't allowed to go anywhere. And the Canadian government, like you couldn't even get through like the emergency lines and stuff they set up for, you can't get through. No, it was, I mean, no, it was, I had family who was in Florida, which is nothing from Bali, but they were in Florida in the end of March and I'm here watching the news going, you need to come home. Like yeah. you need to come home. And they're like, no, it's fine. It's fine. But all of a sudden it's like, whoa, what's, what do you mean the borders are closed? I'm like, you have to come home. Like, yeah, get home. You have to come home. <laughs> so it's where you're seeing the news and what was happening mm-hmm. and yeah. all different perspectives. So it, to me, I mean, I knew the day, like, honestly, the day that they canceled the NBA and then the NFL and they was, you're watching everything was dropping off. And it was like, then the NHL, then the, I'm like, okay, something, this is really big. Like this yes. is new. It was going to be something really big. I just think for a lot of us, we thought it would be, you know, a few weeks Yeah, and back. And I mean, we're on week, I think 11 right now. Yeah. Wiles. We're not coming out of this without some major change. Like we're just, no. right? No. Yeah, absolutely not. I've been, I mean, I mentor coaches and just the, the chatter inside of shifting online and the panic of that and what that's going to look like in the future and all of these layers to consider is, has been wild. But, um, I think that ultimately in the end, we're going to learn a lot of lessons about ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like, if we're struggling to be alone with ourselves and our thoughts, maybe there's some deeper work we need to be doing and, and that's okay. You know, maybe awareness there is a good thing. Maybe that's a gift, right? You know, just looking for that lesson. If we're having a hard go at it and, and being open to what that lesson is, which is actually perfect for what we're going to talk about today, but, um, is so powerful because as soon as we accept and let go and stop trying to control, I think that's when the lessons can come through. Hmm. I don't know how we haven't connected before this because we're speaking exactly. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much what I say. <laughs> can't until you create space for the lesson to come through, and until you let go of what you think mm-hmm. you had control over, which was we don't. And Nothing, I think apparently <laughs> we're all stuck at home. So <laughs> exactly, and I think I think in the beginning. And there still is some aspects of it for sure. But in the beginning, there was just, we, we got to see firsthand people's experience with fear, mm. of how they handle fear. And with coming to grips with the, the sensation or the, the knowing that they didn't have control and they never did have control. It's not that they lost it. They just didn't have it. They just started to see that they didn't have control. And if, unless you've gone through a... I'm going to generalize for a second, but unless you've gone through a, you know, a life challenge or a circumstance that has challenged and forced you to learn to let go of control, I don't think that is a lesson you can grasp, surrender until you have to. Totally agree with, could not agree more, could not agree more and almost resist that idea. Almost like, you know, it's not something you can just be told. You have to go through it. Or read or do, I did all those things. Yes, same. same. (laughs) I still wasn't prepared. So there you go. Oh, wow. Um, So let's talk about that. You yeah. are back. So you traveled for the last year before that position yes. of, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but owning a gym facility, which was like the dream. This it was, yeah, yeah, I did. I owned it with my husband. Nice. Except it wasn't the dream once we No, it so really how wasn't. How long did it take to go from, <laughs> oh my God, this is the dream to, oh my God, what have we done? Like, what was that process like? Yeah. So, Okay. I'm going to rewind 
Five years. So five years ago, we opened our first space, which was like this tiny little studio. And that was huge for us. It was the first time we had ever invested anything into our vision, anything into our passion. It was like a 10 grand investment, which I laugh at now because, oh my God, well, you'll hear in a second. Um, A 10 grand investment, which felt like everything. We signed a three-year lease, which felt like an eternity, right? And we opened this little studio and loved it so filled up by it. We had this little community. It was just us in there every day training our clients. You go in first thing in the morning, you leave at night together. It was just so cool. Right. And uh, two years after we opened, we were at capacity. We could not accept any more clients. My, my version of online training at the time, I had no idea. It wasn't even a concept to me. It was like, we either grow this gym bigger or this is it. And now having been entrepreneurs for two years, well, we weren't just going to stop. We were going to go bigger, right? That was the only logical answer at the time. So we're like, okay, if (laughs) this is so egotistical, but if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. So we went on to secure a half a million dollar loan. Mm -hmm. We went on to find a space that was four times the size. We literally, Marsha, we imported specialty custom equipment from all over the world, from Germany, from the UK, from all over the States. Everything was custom black on black with like this beautiful little shimmer in it. It was beautiful, I'm sure. Just beautiful, Beautiful. (laughs) So so again, we thought this was the dream. We're like, oh my God, we're going to own the best facility in the city. We, We won awards for best facility. I won an award for best personal trainer. Like from the outside, we had built the dream. Mm -hmm. On the inside, we were crumbling. Like Mm -hmm. I had, we had hired a team of eight at this point. It was no longer just us. We now had a team to manage. We now had four times the clientele and all of the issues that come with that. Um, We had massive debt hanging over our shoulders. We had massive risk that we weren't mentally or emotionally prepared to handle. And we were now waking up at 4 a.m., and getting home at about 9.30 every single day of our lives for a year. <laughs> just right, living the dream. I've owned a brick and mortar. I know I could just, you're painting a picture that's almost painful for me. Yes. I remember going, this is what I wanted. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh my God. This I is not what I wanted. This is not what I wanted. And I really bought myself a job. As a mentor said to me, you bought yourself a job. Like yep. this is not a business. Yeah. Yep. Isn't it crazy? Like, and it's something that you just, if someone had told me this is what's going to happen, I would not have believed them because you're so caught up in, I'm going to make such an impact. I'm going to be able to help so many more people. And, you know, of course I'm going to have this status in the city and like, I'm going to be known as whatever. Mm -hmm. And when it turns out that you actually aren't respecting yourself anymore. You have no boundaries. Your health is out the window. Like I'm pretty sure I ate pre-cooked like chicken from Costco for an entire year of my life and cottage cheese just to get by, you know, like that's not happiness. That's not joy. And I remember we would wake up, we had hired a mentor at this point. We were crumbling. So we, we need help. We hired our first mentor. And he told us to get up a half an hour earlier and meditate before we went into work. (laughs) So we did, we did. We listened like good little students, got up, sat on the couch, meditated. And I remember every morning just crying. I would just sit there and cry. I just can't even like, yeah, I can't. I mean, I'm all for meditating. Don't get me wrong. Anybody who's listening, but this is like, you're looking for an actual solution to something like a 16 hour work day and miserable. Yeah. 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 So I would just like, I would sit on the couch and I would ball my eyes out and I would like put my face on and go to work and show up for my clients. And there were two pivotal moments. I remember one, my client I had had for seven years at this point before ever opening our first studio. She was my first ever, ever client working for somebody else. Um, she walked in one day and she's like, Laura, you look like total fucking shit. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I'm not hiding it anymore. That was the first time I realized, oh, people can see, 
people can see that I'm not happy. People, people are noticing now. And if she's just now saying this to me, it's been obvious for a while. And the second one, we were driving to work one morning and I just remember like getting so overwhelmed and just blurting out that I don't want to own a gym anymore. Like I couldn't even control it. It just like erupted from me. And I just bawled because I was like, this feels so good to just say out loud that this is, this is not what I want and that it's okay that that's not what I want. Right. Right. Yeah. There's all this worry around what are other people going to think? People are going to judge us. Like what's, what's going to happen with our status in the industry? We're not going to be able to show our faces anymore. Like all of these really off base thoughts, but it's what kept us stuck for so long. Right. right? Like you can look at them and it feels like you look at them now and you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I let that stop me. Mm. But in the moment they are real. Like they're completely Real. real. Yeah. Yeah. So real. So, so real. And, you know, that was just such a huge growth moment inside of trusting that what I felt was okay to verbalize. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to do what everybody else expects me to do just to be accepted for who I am, you know? So it was that moment really set in motion, the closure of the gym and Landon. was that moment, the moment of closure? Okay. Um, if I'm thinking back, I think it was about six to seven months. Okay. So not really like, I mean, not really. So you basically, when you hit that second point, was it then, okay, we're doing this. Like now we're doing this and everything was just the process that it took in order for things to happen. Like, did you ever waver off of that or did you know, no, this is what I know. This is what we're doing. I mean, as soon as I said that, we started weighing options. I think before that there were no options and we just felt stuck. But as soon as I said that, now we had, okay, let's say we do close. What does this look like? And we started mapping out like, okay, we're going to have this much debt. This is what, you know, we're breaking our seven-year lease one less than a year in. What's that going to look like? Are we going to get sued? Like, is that a possibility? And just looking at every, all of the fallout of what we would have to deal with before we made the decision. Landon, my husband, Landon, he's very analytical and very cerebral, whereas I'm very emotional. So I'm like, nope, I'm out. See you later. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to look at the numbers. Like we've, we've literally secured a half a million dollar loan. So we can't just walk away. Like we have to deal with this. Um, I just wanted to like, I promise I can just see my, like, that's very similar. My husband's extremely analytical. I'm like, nope, doesn't feel good. We're done. Yeah. (laughs) Not done. Like it might feel not right, but we have things to do first. Yeah. We have responsibilities. We we made commitments. So Anywho, it took him a little longer to like get up to the point where I was so quickly. Um, But eventually, like I stepped away before he did to build my online nutrition business and, you know, have that to support us on a personal level while we closed the gym because there, of course, was going to be fallout. So he hung back, made sure everything was in place to close the gym legally and Mm -hmm. uh, financially. And I started to build my online business before the gym officially closed, which was such a saving grace and really is what saved us on a personal level. Yeah. It was probably, you probably needed to be physically out of the space. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It felt so good to just not go in. I still remember that first day. I didn't have to go in at 4.30 in the morning. It was so dreamy. And I like waved him on. Like, hi. (laughs) Love you. (laughs) You can say as it, and they just, you're just bringing up so many thoughts that I can just so see other people relating to too as well. But like with COVID now and being home, because that's, I was a registered kinesiologist seeing clients every morning. This is the first time in my life I've ever had mornings to myself, like ever in my life. Because you, I was like up at 4.30, 5 o'clock every single Mm -hmm. day. I love my, it doesn't mean you don't love your clients. It means that you just, you, you can't maintain that. Right. So you, you chose you and what you needed to do. And that obviously started to open up other doors for you. Yeah, it really did. And you know what? I didn't even know what it was going to bring. You know, I knew that I was great at nutrition coaching. I knew I loved it. I knew I didn't want to see people in person anymore. And that was it. 
So I ran with it. And you know what? I actually, I recreated my own little version of hell in an online capacity within the next six months. Like I stacked my schedule 5 a.m. till 9 p.m. with clients in an online way. So I was talking to them on the phone. I wasn't with them in person, but I just continued my pattern. I didn't learn my lesson. I was just doing it from home now. So I ended up breaking that business down too. <laughs> like six months later, I'm like, fuck this. Can I swear on your podcast? Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, better check. Uh, screw this. Like I'm not, I just recreated my version of hell again. Like what am I doing? And that was really my big you, aha. Something needs to change. Right. Until you break the pattern and you like, this is, you, you will keep repeating the same story yeah. over and over and over until you understand why it yeah. is that you're doing that. Yep. It's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so then you yeah. build this online nutrition program, max yep. yourself out yep. and then say, crap, I can't do this. Then what happened? No. So I had built it to about 10 K like that typical, like, let's go for 10 K a month. Like everybody's doing right. Whatever that is, who cares? Right. Burning myself out at 10 K a month. I'm like, okay, I can financially support both of us. We closed the gym and lo and behold, we still, still weren't happy. Still not happy. But maybe if we get out of Dodge, we can, you know, turn a new leaf, you know, find our passion again. So we decided to pack up our life in Edmonton into that storage locker and we packed our car full of whatever we could fit in it. And we started to drive down to Arizona. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So we were down there for only a few months and we hired a mentor for way too much money. We found a penthouse suite that we couldn't afford and continued to make all of these egotistical emotional decisions and just totally like overstretched ourselves. So we're still not learning our financial lessons. Like we're still seeking external validation. We're seeking, you know, someone needs to know that I'm important. And the way that I'm going to show them that is from all of these external things, right? Mm-hmm. And I need a really expensive mentor because that means I'm really serious. And all of this shit, we just kept layering and layering and layering. And eventually we just like, we literally could not afford to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, we are so overstretched. What are we doing? I mean, so we- if you've got the American, like, no offense, but like, you have the American dollar. Like, where we mm-hmm. are right now, like, it's just, it's, yeah, that's a big difference. It's crazy. It was crazy, right? So, not only did we have the hundred, I never even said we walked away from the gym with a hundred k of debt. Personally, mm-hmm. went down to Arizona, got more debt, mm-hmm. and finally decided to, we went to Mexico. Like, okay, we're going to Mexico. It's cheap there. There's a beach. We're far away from everything. We don't have to talk to anyone. We can just sit in reflection and figure our shit out. And that's exactly what we did. So we fired our mentors. We started listening to like audiobooks on money. Have you heard of Ramit Sethi? Um, no, say it again. Uh, Ramit Sethi. No. Okay. Um, his books are incredible. If anybody's struggling yes, with I like, have. yes, I have. Um, okay. Love the, um, I know. I knew you were going to ask me. Um, oh, I, can. I will send, I know I can see it too. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Um, anywho, that book really, really helped. And we got back on our feet and we, we, you know, we started paying off debt and, um, got clear on what we actually wanted to be doing. Cause when we were in Arizona, we started like coaching on creating freedom in your life because that's what we were doing and like all of this stuff. And it was great. And we were really good at it because we were living it like great at coaching on business, but, um, and shifting online and, you know, following your dream or whatever, but like not aligned, you know, not a hundred percent there grounded or excited about that path. So in Mexico is when I really sat in reflection and was able to sit back without the financial stress, without the need to prove anything and ask myself really hard questions. I have journals filled with reflection of what do I really want? What does happiness look like to me? What does it feel like for me? What is it I'm even chasing? Because clearly externally, I'm not getting it. Mm -hmm. Right. So what's missing internally? And that, that six month period. What do you think? What was missing? Um, I think 
I mean, I said it earlier, trust in myself was huge. Number one, I felt like I needed other people to validate me and I couldn't trust that I knew what was best for me or what would make me happy or that I didn't need all of this money to actually live the life I wanted to be living. Um, I think that was definitely the first one. The second one was owning what I was actually naturally good at and trusting that I could do it in a way that would make me money, right? Like my natural born gift is my ability to be intuitive with my nutrition clients and to know what they need on such a deeper level than they're even aware of. And now I'm able to give that skill set to other coaches, which has filled me up in a completely unexpected way. Um, and then just space to be myself and stop trying to impress people on social media, you know, cause that just, that's exhausting and doesn't get you anywhere. You know, no, this is a real, they talk about, especially now, this is a real separation. Um, mm -hmm. There is a separation now because you can't be selling like the glamorous life of travel because we're all in our houses. Like, like totally. Like, yeah. It's not real. <laughs> so this becomes a real separation of like, you know, what you got It's like, who are you? What is, what is it about? It's, it's fake. Isn't it? You just can see through it right now. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. I love that. And yeah, like in Mexico, I broke up with Instagram. I like followed my gut and just cut it off. And, you know, it's just felt like a popularity contest after a while. And I was just done with it, you know? So I made a lot of really great shifts personally while we were there and just not having the financial burden, I think was the biggest one, um, to be able to do that. And then yeah, from Mexico, we booked a one way to Bali because I had this like vision in my head. This would be the ultimate digital nomad destination, right? Like that's three weeks. <laughs> I know, I know. We got there, we were there for three weeks. And do you know what? I would never go back. It was not what I expected at all. And that's my last lesson is you be careful what you put on a pedestal. Because oftentimes what you think you need to be fully fulfilled and happy externally is not true and is going to deceive you. And like, that's a lesson I learned over and over and over again over the course of the year, but it was really tested in Bali because I had this, I had this vision, this dreamy vision of what it was going to be like. Right. And it was just nothing like it. Like you've seen on Instagram, the Bali pictures of people on swings in the jungle and right. You've seen it. Uh, are you kidding? This is like, I mean, I love, like, I love the pictures in the mm. of Bali. I understand exactly what you're saying. It's yeah. really the pictures that draw me in and looking at it. And then all of a sudden you hear other stories from other people and you're like, Oh, maybe it's not as, and it doesn't, it's neither here nor there. There's, there's pros and cons to everything. But I love yeah. what you're saying about if you put something on a pedestal without leaving having, like, it's just, we put that, we put it on the pedestal because of pictures, mm -hmm. but not knowing enough about it. And then you get there. And for you, it was not what you No, wanted. no. All of those like swings and beautiful things are just staged. Like they're literally on the side of the road, Marcia. Oh, see. Okay. So you made me think of, I, when I was in Nashville last year, I don't know if you've yes. ever seen, I was there once. So the pictures, you know how they have the big angel wings on the wall. And I'm like, yes. oh, that's so awesome. And I was like, what's the lineup for? The lineup went oh all the way God. around the block to stand, to get your picture taken. With <gasps> wings. And I'm like, so none of that is impromptu. Like that is a whole, like it's this whole business. Of getting oh it. my God. So I think I can understand what you're saying is it's staged. Nashville, if you were to look it up on the hashtag of Instagram, has these big angel wings walls. And that's, I mean, I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I'm like, what? none of that's real. Like that's I know. I know. I totally pictured people like trekking into the jungle and come happening upon this really beautiful swing. And that is not it. And so just from the very first day, we... I mean, everything went wrong. Like we were getting signs left, right, and center. We weren't meant to be there. Yeah. We lost our luggage on the way there. And then there wasn't any Wi-Fi. And like that is traumatic for two people running their business online. Like it was impossible to get Wi-Fi. Right. And anyways, uh, three weeks later, we booted it out of there. We came home. Well, you and pretty much got there when things were starting. Yes. And, yeah. So well, that so that must have just added to the stress of all of it as well, too. Yeah, it really did. It didn't feel it didn't feel like an emergency. It was like the Indonesian government was not sharing a whole lot of information locally. And so 
you know, we were being told we were to come home, borders were closing and we're like, well, there's like, what do you mean? Everything's fine here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then everything changed really, really quickly and people started to panic. And so we, um, I mean, there's, it's a whole long story, but we essentially booked a flight, the flight, they wouldn't let us board, had to book another flight, spent like 48 hours in this airport trying to find a flight because borders were closing. There were only like three ports you could go through to get out Mm -hmm. of Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. Hong Kong was one of them. It was the least expensive one. So that's the one we went to. And the borders closed while we were flying in the air. So we landed and we got stuck. We got trapped in Hong Kong and couldn't leave. And so it was like a 12-hour layover, thank goodness, because we needed that time to negotiate with the Hong Kong immigration officials and like basically beg to let us go home. There was a flight leaving there to Canada that night that they weren't legally allowed to let us board. Um, So eventually we managed to convince them to let us get on that flight. So it was just this whole big thing. And really my last final lesson with that was just how bad are you ready to go home and actually deal with your shit? You know, like we were trying so desperately to get home, to get back to this place that I had just spent the last 12 months escaping from and like, okay, how bad do you want it? Are you ready to actually deal with the shit that you've been ignoring for the last year? And like, the answer was yes. We sat down in that Hong Kong airport and we looked at each other and we literally, I asked Landon, I remember this moment, I can still picture it. Like, babe, what's the lesson? Like, what are we supposed to be learning right now from all of this? Why are we stuck here right now? And that was the lesson. And it's just like coming home. I've never been so happy to be looking at, I'm looking at my window right now and it's brown and gloomy and there's no beach, but I'm so happy to be here because I'm so grounded. And I know that I'm on this healing path now from the trauma that I was running from for the last year of my life. So So now you feel more grounded and Mm. as hard as this, as hard as not hard, but as the last year has been, do you see that as all part of the process that you had to, in order to feel grounded? Yeah. I think that had we not gone to Bali, especially, I would have had this question mark in my head. Like I would have, I would have had this void of, but that's where I want to be, you know? And now I know that's not where I want to be at all. That is not going to make me happy. I know without a doubt, that was a very expensive lesson to learn (laughs) to fly all the way to Bali just to turn around and come home, but so worth it. So worth it to spend that money to learn that lesson. Cause now I can just be happy finally and learn how to move past the trauma. Cause I feel like I still have some, I don't know if PTSD would be the right word for it, but I do from like, from hiring mentors to taking big risks. I never used to question taking a big risk on myself or my business, but what happened with the gym really put all of that into question, you know? So Mm -hmm. now being able to move forward and learn to trust myself again and learn to know that I'm worthy and that I am doing big things and that I have something to offer the world bigger than what I ever thought it could be before. And that all of what happened were stepping stones to get me to this place where I'm ready to show up in this new way Mm -hmm. um, is really empowering. And I very easily could have looked at all of those big mistakes that I made over the last two years and gone, what the hell was I thinking? How horrible and just dwell on it. But truly you you can't do that. You have to find the lesson and you have to move on because and trust that everything's happening for you. And that's a, that is a really tough one, isn't it? I mean, I remember years ago hearing, but this is happening. Tony Robbins would say it, this is happening for you. And I'm yeah. like, that pissed me off. Like I know. this pissed me off for the longest time. Cause I'm like, and now I can look at it and go, okay, ask a different question. Yeah. So what am I here to learn? What is this yeah. for me? And it does change things as opposed to, I think what it does is it shifts the victim mentality. It shifts the, totally. right? Now all of a sudden you can take ownership because I've, I've been speaking and I'm sure you can relate to this. Um, I work with a lot of coaches too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people right now are in a space of, I want to do something, but I'm so afraid because of COVID. And I've, I'm not sure about my job and I'm so afraid. I'm like, but what you are allowing your brain to look at is what it's going to see. 
Mm-hmm. I understand the whole thing. Like I understand that it was just, it's, and I'm not being, I'm not being not mindful of money because we all have to be. And I completely respect that. And I've never been one of those coaches who's like, you have like the whole fear thing of the, I'm not, it just doesn't do it for me no. at all. at all. And, um, but anyways, I digress. My whole point is, is this, just this space right now of people are afraid. I think we're yeah. seeing so much fear. They're afraid health-wise, they're afraid job-wise, economy-wise. And we're saying, you know, you can build a business online doing something and you can find, and they're like, what, that's a whole new thing. I mean, up until a few weeks ago, people were saying, what is Zoom? And I'm like, what do you mean, what is Zoom? Like I've been <laughs> Zoom for years, but you don't know what it is. So no. this whole world is so new to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And newness is scary. Newness is threatening, you know, and our brain, our brain is so hardwired to keep us the same. And if something challenges who we believe we are to our core, we resist it, whether we want to or not, it's our natural born reaction to resist, Mm -hmm. right? So when we feel challenged, our reaction to push that away is so ingrained in us that sometimes it feels out of our control, you know, and then we aren't able to see the opportunities. We aren't able to see past the really hard thing that's happening right in front of us because we're so caught in our old patterns. And it really does take, like you said, ask a better question. I love that. I use that with my clients all the time. It's like not a why question. You have to ask what question, like don't ask, why is this happening? Ask, what is this happening for? You know, don't ask, why am I stuck? Ask, what is the lesson in this. And that's when you get way better answers that you can actually hook into and do something with rather than just cycling through the old garbage that's just floating around in your head that you're using to reinforce your beliefs that you can't do it. Right. It's just crazy. It's crazy. We're doing it to ourselves. Like it's humans. We're doing it to ourselves. Yeah. We can see what we want to see. And I think it's, it's exactly, it's a great thing. I say all the time here is ask a different question, ask a better question, allow your brain to see possibilities, not, Mm -hmm. not closed doors. And Mm -hmm. as it sees possibilities, you will, you will meet people cross paths, Uh, other opportunities come up just because you have asked the question and you're open to seeing it. Totally agree. Totally Mm -hmm. agree. You have to. I mean, one of the major ways that we stay stuck is on what we focus on. You know, if we only focus on what we see directly in front of us, that's all that will become our reality. You know, if we allow ourselves to explore other areas to focus on, then new opportunities will naturally evolve. And, um, we'll be able to move past that place, but not until we're actually aware of how we're focusing. So like even just the words that we use, what words do you use to describe what you're currently experiencing? Because those words are keeping you stuck, right? Those words are attaching meaning and that meaning is telling you how to feel and how to act. Mm -hmm. So if we can describe it in a different way, we can frame it in a different way and perhaps have the opportunity to experience it in a different way as well. That's so awesome. There's yeah. so many nuggets there. So now you've learned a lot of these lessons. Yeah. Back, you're grounded. You're on Canada soil. What yeah. does the next rest of 2020 look like for you? Like yeah. Great question. I am creating a certification right now, which is a wild undertaking. Um, I know somebody else who's doing this. Oh. It's a big, big job. It's huge, but it's been so fun. I did it in a really chill way. Like I just decided to roll some beta groups through the content and I've just been creating the content on a weekly basis. Anyways, it's been really flowy and easy and like inspirational. So it's felt really good, but it's called trigger mapping. And essentially what I do is I take a nutrition coach, health coach, wellness coach, someone in that realm through the process of learning how to understand and bring our clients awareness around the triggers that are creating the patterns that they're stuck in. And primarily through the lens of weight loss or or using food to cope or um, reinforce those patterns. Okay. So we identify the pattern, we identify the trigger and we pull them forward to change through their belief patterns, through their habitual emotional states and eventually create a different outcome for them, not by controlling what they're eating, but by getting to the source of the trigger and creating a change at that place. So it's been so powerful and so rewarding for me to actually just step into what I've always been meant to do and to sort of avoided for so many years. And, um, 
yeah, the results we've been getting with the coaches I've been working with in the beta launch has been incredible. So I'm very excited to get that out. It's coming out in July. In July. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, I just even, you make me even think they're trigger mapping and triggering, like we all have triggers and it's, oh yeah, I've done two or three episodes on the show alone on triggers and say yeah. like, invite them in when you, when you have them, like, what is it teaching you? What is it telling yes. you? Yeah. yeah. So, so do you find right now, can I ask this then? Um, I work with another uh, coach that I work with, works with like food freedom and mindset yes. shifting and all this, she's doing incredible work with her clients right now. One of the thing, questions we got talking about was there is so much shaming right now in COVID about food and food choices and weight gain and all of these things that are happening. Does yeah. that something, have you, like, do you see a lot of that? Have you noticed? I didn't even, to be honest, I hadn't even noticed it until I was like, you know what? Almost all the memes are all about weight gain, fat. Like, it's just, it's crazy right now. I don't, I'm, maybe it's just people think it's funny, but I'm just, yeah. you know, I haven't. I separate myself from consuming that kind of content. So I haven't personally seen it, but I'm honestly not surprised to hear you say that. I, I think that, I think people create content like that when they feel themselves uncomfortable, you know, and it's, it's their defense mechanism. It's like, if I beat people to the punch, then they can't turn around and say that about me type of thing. 100%. Right. So I always like to meet people who are putting out nasty content like that with compassion, because typically those are the people that are hurting the most. Mm -hmm. And those are the people who are defensive or reflecting or uh, resisting the most. So um, I like to take that perspective usually, and it allows me to be compassionate with them. Um, I think that if clients or people are feeling triggered by that kind of content, A, don't consume it. Like just get off. That's totally fine. But B, why are you feeling triggered by that? Like, do you have some shame there? And where is that shame coming from? Do you have, are you struggling with being alone? Are you struggling with feeling helpless? Are you struggling with feeling out of control? And all of those things are fine. But if you're using food to cover that up, then maybe it's time to address the real issue and figure out what it is that you're using food to cover up so that we can stop that pattern. And allow that progress or that growth to extend beyond just now Mm -hmm. and into other areas of our life. Because if you're struggling now, you were struggling before. I was just going to ask you this question because I couldn't agree more. It's not, this is not new. I just think now because we are in this isolation phase, it's pulling the curtains back and the issues that we were struggling with are like magnified. (laughs) Even that they're, it's not even that they're, that you can see them better. It's like, they're literally magnified. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think the biggest one is just being alone, like being with your own thoughts. I saw this. Okay. This was a kind of a funny meme. I giggled at it, but it was like, Oh, you want me to sit and like with all my thoughts and just be with myself? No, I'm going to learn how to bake bread instead. (laughs) Right. But it's so true. It's like, yeah, we are just, we are in a world where we have things to distract us constantly Mm -hmm. work, friends, people, shopping, restaurants, like all of these highly um, stimulating experiences distract us from what's really going on beneath the surface. Like even with my story, going to Mexico, going to Bali, doing all these things, like, nope, I'm not going to deal with my shit. I'm just going to go lay on a beach somewhere and hope it goes away. Same thing. But that's right? what you can speak on it now. Like you, like you can't speak or I would say you can't coach, speak or write on anything you haven't lived. You can I so agree. speak so clearly on that because you did it. <laughs> yeah, right? totally. Way. I so, yeah, I so agree with you. I totally agree with you. Um, but I think like if that's happening, just take a step back. Like don't judge yourself for it. We mm-hmm. can't, we can't work through something we're judging. You know, we can't, it's impossible. You cannot. So you have to remove the judgment so that you have space to actually understand. If you can understand, now we can start to move through it. But if you never get to a place of understanding or even awareness, you'll never move through it. You'll stay stuck in this pattern and you'll allow other stupid people who are creating pointless memes to trigger you. How, How silly, you're giving your power away to them. It's, it is. And it's, I, I, I honestly couldn't agree more. And I think drawing attention to it to say, if you are struggling, it's okay. Yeah. Like it's okay. But I do know I'm super intentional about social media. 
Yes. I do post regularly. I do. Um, and then I go back on and I comment and, and engage with some of the people that I really am, am supporting. But that's a lot of it. They'll be like, did you see this? And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> don't <laughs> no. care. No, <laughs> Because I don't tend to do it. I, if I live it intentionally, it's much better for me. Yeah. It is a, is a slippery slope of a black hole that all of a sudden I'm like, what oh, yeah. was I looking for? And I'm like, oh, great. I'm on Pinterest now looking at something. Yeah. Absolutely nothing to do. Or like, right now. have you been on TikTok? I can't. I, I know. I get sucked in. Like, I can't. It's just I, horrible. It is funny. And I go on, but in my, I get in my head because I'm like, I don't even, this, I don't even see how to get, like, I can get it. <laughs> I know. Like, people who are doing amazing things on it, and I love watching them. It's just like they're, it is the platform to just, be however you want to be as slow as you want to be. And there's yeah, been okay. some amazing things coming out. My brain can't figure out that piece for me. So I haven't yeah. had it too much personally, but I also, it's a black hole for me. I don't go on very often to be honest. Same. I was like on the weekend, I just opened it for a quick sec. I was standing in the kitchen and it was an hour later, Marcia. I looked up, I'm like, holy shit. I literally <laughs> really been looking at TikTok videos for an hour, standing in my kitchen. What put it down? <laughs> Uninstall. It's like, I mean, no offense to anybody, but if you're looking at a lot of those TikTok videos for an hour, it's probably not a lot of like actual substance, right? Like you know, it's, it's just all dancing to the same song. <laughs> yeah, you are the same songs. And it's okay, right? It's okay to do that. It's fine. It's great. It's definitely, but if that becomes something you're doing every day and you're doing it to avoid. Right. The actual things that you need to do to take your own self, your business, yourself further forward, then no. If you're going, okay, here's an hour to myself. I get to do whatever I want. I'm watching TikTok. Perfect. Yeah. All the power to you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Totally. And just knowing the difference for yourself when you're in avoidance and when you're really just, okay, like I can do this because I have the time and this is my choice. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, now, so this is what's coming up for you this next year. Where are the mm -hmm. best places for people to connect with you? I don't even know if you're on social media now that I've heard you yeah. talk. Where <laughs> I are the am. best places to connect with you? The very best place to grab me is in my private Facebook group. It's called Beyond the Scale. So it's where I lead coaches beyond the scale and give them the skills to, to do the same with their clients. Um, so that's where I hang out all the time. I'm also just on my personal Facebook a lot, but that's the only social platform I'm on. So you can grab me in there no biggie. I'm on there every day. Or you can just send me an email. If you have a question, I reply to all my emails personally. I love it. I love getting into deep, meaningful, emotional conversations with people. So feel free to hit me with your biggest, most juicy questions. The email is laura at l2fitness.com. Awesome. I will make sure all of that information is in there. Thank I have you. a couple of quick questions for you before. Please. Yes. What impact do you want to make in the world? Oh God, I get emotional whenever somebody asks me this. I would love to leave a legacy of other coaches who know and trust themselves enough to follow their intuition with their clients and create the type of change in them that makes them feel just as fulfilled as I do in coaching them. So I just want to, I want to empower other coaches to be able to do what I've been able to do for myself, which is just feel so fulfilled in the work that they're doing with the people that they're impacting. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love that. I have one more question for you. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I'm sure it's going to be an interesting one when you go back and listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> right? I know. Totally. What lesson in life are you most grateful for? That it's okay to take big risks and fall. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. A hundred percent. Nice. And take those big risks and allow yourself to fall and then get back up. Totally. You have to, there's no other choice. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank for you, Marcia. So fun. Oh, it's so We're good. like the same person. How have we never connected before? It's so weird. <laughs> I don't know, especially Canadian. I'm going, how did this not happen? It's no. Yeah. No, it's, it's been awesome. It's been a great conversation. I know lots of people will have definitely some thoughts on this one. So mm -hmm. I look forward to sharing it. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Marcia. It's my pleasure. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.